Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! The title for my message today is called How to Live Differently. How to Live Differently. If you've been uh, joining us for the second service, uh, you, know, you know that I've been doing like a how-to series in the second service. So, so this is, uh, this is something. But, but, but don't worry. Uh, in the second service, I'll be preaching another message altogether. Um, and, uh, and so if you're interested, uh, you, you can stay back for that. Uh, but today, for this morning, uh, I, want, I felt led to really help us uh, to find joy in living differently for Jesus. How many know that in church, uh, you know, when we say that, you no, know, Jesus didn't die to start a religion. You know, we, we mean it. You know, it's not just a Christian catchphrase. Uh, God really didn't die to just start another religion. He died to start a relationship. And what is relationship if not living together? And so the new life that we have today, you know, in Christ Jesus, Christ wants us to live in unity with Him. You know, or when we say things like, you know, um, um, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of other Christian catchphrases, but, but, but you know, but, but you know, okay, let, don't, don't let me get distracted by that. Why don't we turn to Luke chapter 9, uh, verse 23 to 25, you know? Oh, yeah, I suddenly remember what I was saying. You know, I say following Jesus is not like following someone on Instagram, you know? It's, it's not following from afar. It's, it's following to want to be like Him, uh, to want to live like Him. Uh, to want to do like Him, to want to serve like Him. Amen? Uh, so anyway, in, enough silly uh, <laughs> examples from me. Uh, we want to turn to our first scripture for today, Luke chapter 9, verse 23 to 25. And let us remind ourselves again, the call of Jesus. Amen? When you say you follow Jesus, who, who are you following? And how are you following Him? Amen? Before you read God's Word, if you're there, uh, can I hear a good amen, first of all? Amen. Fantastic. And, uh, and allow me to pray before we read. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word. And we pray right now, Lord, that you will make our hearts good ground. Lord, we, we want you to sow your word into our hearts. And let us be good ground that will return you, Lord, a 30-fold harvest, a 60-fold harvest, a 100-fold harvest. Lord, today we're here and we're inviting you to let your word come alive. Let it jump out of the pages of the Bibles we're reading it from. And let it leap into our hearts and transform us from the inside out. Lord, today we're not here for more information, but we desire transformation so that we can, we can become more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 to 25. With the help of XTV, we have it up there. Praise God for, for the sun. And I hope you can still see it. But if not, you can read from your own Bible. It's all good. Then he said to them, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit it is to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost. Let's read it one more time. 
Then he said to them all, this is the call of Jesus. This is the invitation of Jesus. Sometimes when we become a Christian far too long, we crave our own theology. We, we think that Jesus is inviting us into a little fluffy, comfortable life. Now don't get me wrong, Jesus did say that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And, and, and he in him, you know, he is here to, to not steal, kill, and destroy, but he is here to give us life and life to the full. But what does a full life mean? This is the full life that Jesus promises. This is how you access that full life. If anyone desires to come after me, to follow me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. And Jesus here is trying to tell us that, hey, if there needs to be, a, you need to start living differently if you want to come after me. You got to start denying your own self and your own desires. You gotta learn to, you know, uh, put to death some areas of your life. You gotta pick up your cross and follow me. And Jesus further elaborates and says that if you think you, that you can do this half-heartedly, you're wrong. If you think that you can go like, all right, Jesus, what you're offering is so amazing. The freedom, the forgiveness, the grace, the joy, the salvation. Oh, having God with us and in us is so amazing. God, I really want that, but I kind of want to, want to, you know, have my own life too. I kind of want to, you know, have a Christian part of me and, and then a, a me, me part of me. And, 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 and Jesus saying, but, but if you want to do that, if you want to follow me and still have a bit of your own life, you're going to lose it. You're not catching it. You know, and, and what you even think you have, that, that will just crumble and, 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 and lose. But, but whoever who, who really cuts off his own life and follows me, you're going to gain so much more, even though at this moment, it feels like you're losing out. How many know that if you desire to renovate a house, it always looks bad before it looks good? Right? You know, if you want to build anything, right? It always looks bad. If you're, you know, this applies to everything, whether you are, you are a doctor doing an operation, it always looks bad. It always starts with a cut and blood. But then when the tumor is removed, when the, when the healthy organ is, 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 is put in and the, 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 you know, the, 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 the kidney that was, that was uh, broken, the, 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 the liver that needs replacement is taken out. And then, right, it always starts painful, but it ends beautiful. And this is what Jesus is promising us. You know, uh, follow me. It will look tough, but it will be worth it. And, and if you for a second think that, that this is all phony, and Jesus says, and if you think that you can gain this world by your own strength, Jesus is saying that, yeah, maybe you, you can. <laughs> because, you know, we are in a way created in God's image. We have abilities and giftings within us to do great things. That's why you see a lot of successful people in this world. And not all of them know Jesus. Uh, and Jesus is saying that, but if you think that you can, you can go through life with your own strength, maybe you can, but you will only achieve partial success. You will only achieve material wealth, but you will lose your soul you will lose that which is eternal. How many know that we are eternal beings? We're not created just for this life only. The world and the devil wants you to think that this is it. YOLO, you only have one life. But, but God is saying that, hey, you have eternity. And this is but just a small aspect. 
you know? And, and so don't, don't get, you know, worked up about this life, this life, this life. No, God has life and life to the full. God has eternal life. This is the call of Jesus. And so how do we respond to this? We've got to start living differently. Amen? And, and the Bible further expands out how to live differently, how to live the, the, the Christian life. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 to 32. And so we're going to study that a little bit. And then I'm going to give you the three points that will help you live differently. Amen? So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 to 32. Uh, if your dad can hear a good amen. Amen. You know, we should do a competition whether you can get there faster than XTV. <laughs> if you can, it's like, wow, you really know your Bible. Or you just have very good internet connection. <laughs> Amen. Ephesians 4, verse 25 to 32. And we also have it fleshed out. Let's read it together. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. So God says that you've got one day. <laughs> To, to, to forgive. Amen. Don't hold grudges. No, because when you do that, you give place to the devil. Amen. So don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who steal, steal no more. But rather let him labor, let him work with his hands. What is good that he may have something to give to him who has need. Amen. And then it goes on. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. So don't let no bad speech, don't let negativity comes out, don't let corrupt, no, don't let curses, don't let gossip, don't tear people down, but use your mouth, use your words to build people up for necessary edification, for necessary building up, imparting grace to everyone who hears your words. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Amen. God bless the reading of His Word. And so you have here the Bible expanding what it means to, to live differently, what it means to, to, to pick up our cross, what it means to crucify our flesh. And, you know, the book of Ephesians is, is worth a read. And, and actually, every book of the Bible is worth reading. So I'm just, you know, just saying. But later on, you'll see that in chapter 4, it starts with this. But then in chapter 5, all the way until chapter 6, you know, um, it further elaborates how we, you know, it starts with speech, it starts with emotions, and then it goes on to say that, but also in, in your, your sexuality, live differently. In your marriage, live differently. Uh, in your joking around, a uh, joke differently. You know, uh, in, in your in your way of handling money, handle it differently, and and the list goes on. But I just want us to focus here because th th there's enough three points that will help us to 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 figure stuff out. Because how many know that again? Like I said earlier, uh, that Christianity is not a religion. Religion is something that has a list of do's and don'ts. And very unfortunately, uh, sometimes we look at Christianity like that. 
You know, uh, we think that this is a, a religion of doing and, and not doing, uh, but that's not true. Recently, I watched this uh, documentary on Netflix called The Tinder Swindler, and, and, uh, and I'm not here advertising anything, uh, but there was one thing where this, you know, con artist, this, this con man, uh, 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 you know, he said every time to threaten women, he says that for every action, there's a reaction. And sometimes we think that with God, it's like that. For every action, there's a reaction. If, if I don't do something, there will be, you know, I, I joke. You know, just today, I was just joking with uh, someone in church, you know, about like, yeah, you know, if you, if you don't, you know, if you don't say hi to your pastor, you know, these things happen to you and, and all that. Of course, I was just joking. Or am I? Anyway, <laughs> but, but we think sometimes that Christianity is just this list of do's and don'ts. And if I don't do something, there will be a reaction from God. And, and, we, and, and as a result, we find it hard to live differently because in life, not every action will have a reaction. You see, or maybe there is a reaction, but the reaction comes much later. And so if we live with the philosophy of with every action as a reaction, then it's hard for us to live differently for, for, for Jesus because then we're, we're constantly programmed with instant gratification. Or if I give today, tonight, I will receive a blessing. But, but we know that that's not true. Last week, Toby preached and reminded us of the eternal nature of God and how Abraham had to get that and that his obedience wasn't just for him, but it was for the descendants that will come, the millions you know, that, and billions that will come after him. And so sometimes, you know, we, we got to realize, and that's how the devil gets at us as well. Because the Bible also tells us, hey, don't, don't do this. This is not according to God's will. But then everybody says, do it. What's so wrong with that thing? What's so wrong with that, that, that lifestyle? And then you dip your toe into it thinking that because it's not from God, there will be immediate ramification. And then you go like, ah, oh, that, that didn't happen. That, and then it makes you go like, oh, maybe, maybe it's okay. You know, I'm a Christian, but maybe it's okay for me to have my own life by the side. Maybe it's okay for me to be a Christian and kind of like pick and choose what, what, what applies to me and what doesn't apply to me because after all, it doesn't, doesn't look, you know, it doesn't look like God's that serious. It doesn't look like, you know, anything bad is happening to me. It looks like, you know, I can take my time. And don't get me wrong, God's not against us taking our time. We are all a work in progress. But that is not an excuse not to improve. A lot of us go like, ah, oh, I'm away in progress. And then that's just an excuse for you, you know, to procrastinate your obedience towards God. But a work in progress to celebrate that God is working in your life and that you are making progress. Amen? And you're asking God to help you and help you and help you. And so, you know, I, I want to help us even in this time of prayer and fasting and not just at this time of prayer and fasting. My hope and my desire is for all of us here to live a, a, a God-glorifying life. And as Christians, Jesus is calling us to be different. Jesus is calling us to leave our past behind. Leave what we like behind. Deny yourself. Crucify your flesh and follow Him. And when you do that, you will gain so much more than what you think you're missing out. And, and my uh, uh, concern sometimes as a pastor is that, is that, you know, are God's people... You know, every time I pray, God, I pray that, that our church community, not just in London, but in Bristol, Cambridge, Edinburgh, Nottingham, 
all our different communities, all our different homes, all our different church plans. I pray, Lord, you know, that, that, that you are with them. And not just that, God, I pray that they are with you. You see, the truth is, you know, while on one hand, I, I rejoice at what God is doing here in the UK. You know, church plants, homes being planted across all of UK now. Uh, but the, the other side is this, that, you know, I, both me and Pastor Cat, and, you know, we can't be everywhere, you know, at, at, at one time. You know, we've just been praying about wanting to, to go up to Edinburgh to, to minister and visit our church there very soon. And so, ex-Edinburgh, if you're watching, you know, we're, we're coming soon, okay? That's why we're raising up all new preachers to preach so that we can go and, and minister in different places. And, 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 and so, my, my concern is that God help us not just to have a religious Sunday, you know, but Lord, help us to be very powerful. Help, help us to have powerful Mondays to Saturdays. You know, because that, that is, is even more important. You know, as I'm saying that, I'm not saying don't come together. This is also very important. Amen. The church gathered together in worship. The church gathered together in fellowship. So, so come worship together. Go for homes. Join us for prayer meets. Uh, but, but also know that God has also placed you in your respective places, in your school, in your college, in your university, in your house with your housemates, and with your job and your job mates, I mean colleagues, with your bosses, all of that is not there to punish you. All of that is also not your own doing. God has opened an effective door for you. You're there to be salt and light. My concern is, are our people with God? And a lot of us, we create, God, be with me in my workplace. But I wonder if the Holy Spirit is asking us, but are you with me at your workplace? Amen. I'm not here to, to try to ouch anyone, but, but I'm here saying that, hey, I, I want all of us to live victoriously. And, and I can't be there. And I don't think you want me to be there. <laughs> I, you know, I, no, and, and I'm glad that, that you know, God... <laughs> He's also not a helicopter parent. That's why in the Bible, you don't see every single thing listed out. Do this, don't do that. Because God is about the Spirit. Amen? He's about us wanting to draw near. You know, if, if you're in a relationship and everything has to spell out, that's not a relationship. Right? Anyone here who wants to date, you know that if you're really dating and you're, or you're married or whatever, you're, you're really enjoying a relationship, you know that you don't have to have things spelled out. Right? If you're in a relationship that needs to have things spelled out, you need to work on that relationship. <laughs> but, but when you're, you know, together, you, you know, and if you're unclear, you can ask. And so God, you know, that's why God doesn't spell out everything. He spells out some, uh, but He doesn't spell everything because He desires us to draw near to Him as well. Amen? And so I have three points for you that will help you Start living differently with more effectiveness and not just be a hero in church and a zero in your workplace. I want to see us learn to see obedience as something enjoyable and agreement as something that you desire. Agreement with God, obedience of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I want you to enjoy, you know, I know Jesus used words like deny yourself, crucify. 
Yes, there will be a denial of self and there will be sacrifices, but just because there are sacrifices doesn't mean you can't enjoy the process. Amen? And that's why I want to help us today. And so I've got three points. And these three points come from, you know, that little portion of Ephesians 4 that we just read. Point number one, how do we live differently? Point number one, remind yourself that you have a new identity. You have a new identity. At the very last portion of Ephesians uh, 4.32, it says that be, you know, be loving, be tender-hearted, forgiving one another. And it says that just as Christ has forgiven you. And so, the Bible there is trying to remind us that, hey, the key towards living the obedient life, the key towards stop, no, don't lie anymore. And, and can you imagine the, the, the church that was in Ephesus, you know? They were preaching in the congregation. There were people who used to steal. And the pastor has to go like, hey, those of you who steal, stop it. Instead, get a job and start contributing. And so God is saying that I want my people to start living differently. If you used to, 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 to have evil speech, Stop it. Let that speech change. Don't just stop, but change. Let your talk, you know, your speech be different. If you used to still stop living that life, now live different. Now, instead of be a taker, be a contributor. So God is all about changing our lives and making us different in a good way. And the key towards that is understanding that we've been forgiven. See, a lot of us, we are still in this mindset that, oh, as a Christian, I cannot do this, do that. And, and, and your, your lifestyle of obedience is a tough one. How many have been there before? Where you go like, oh, oh, that thing is so tempting. Oh, it's so, you know, everyone's doing it. Oh, I feel like I'm missing out. But as a Christian, I cannot. Uh, and so your, your, your lifestyle of living differently or trying to live obedient to God is like a tug of war. But God doesn't want it to be a tug of war. How do you not let it be a tug of war? By embracing your new identity. By understanding that, hey, you are more loved than you can ever imagine. You have been forgiven by God. You, you have been made new. And these acts of obedience don't make you more lovely towards God. God already loves you. Do you see the motivation? You're not striving for God's approval. I wrote here that our identity in Christ is received, not achieved. The world that we're living in today is so busy with the rat race of trying to achieve your own success, trying to achieve your own titles, trying to achieve your own fame. You're trying to achieve your own promotion. We even have people trying to create their own identity, inventing pronouns that they desire to be. This, this, is, this is them try, striving to create something out of themselves in hopes that they can be accepted, in hopes that they can be loved. But Christians, you are loved by God. And your act of obedience shouldn't be a tug of war. It should be a realization that, you know what? Because I have a new identity, I don't need to live this way anymore. Let me put it in terms that a lot of us here would, would understand. A throwback to Gareth's message of, are you hungry? Let's say, for example, you, one day you, you, you had a chance to fly to Japan and eat with, I don't know, the famous sushi master, Jiro, who dreams of sushi. That's another documentary, Jiro dreams of sushi. 
don't don't think that I've been you know <laughs> pastor what have you been doing <laughs> have you is my does my pastor read the bible or does he watch documentaries on Netflix so imagine if you go to Japan and you you had a chance to eat sushi with jiro and omakase and whatever it is and you're eating there the the freshest oh and then you fly back to London and then your friends go like hey let's go to wasabi <laughs> yeah you're all laughing because you realize that um no way jose why because you've tasted the best you don't want to go back to that anymore that's not your craving anymore right some of you here you know you, you, you tasted some some i know we got some you know serious meat eaters here you love Korean fried chicken that you go to Little Korea, otherwise known as New Malden. You will travel, have people say, that, oh, Pastor, next week I won't be in church because I'm going to New Malden. And I go like, we have church online. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> maybe there are some people watching from New Malden. Hey, Anya Haseo, we love you. <laughs> and some of you, you, you go all the way there. Because you go like that, you know, once you taste what you think is the best, you, you don't want to settle anything. Nothing in, in London will satisfy your craving anymore. It once did, but not anymore. And now you would travel far just to get your fix. Can I tell you that Jesus has already fixed you? Jesus is all you need. You have a new identity. And so how do you approach? The next time temptation rears its ugly head, and, and, and friends, fasting and praying is a very spiritual act. Don't be surprised if, if the very time you're fasting and praying is a time that you feel more tempted than ever before. That is not a, a, a you know, coincidence. That sometimes can be spiritual. Yesterday, someone in our church in Bristol told me, Pastor, I started fasting and the person was so excited. He said, but I just started fasting and, and immediately, you know, rashes start breaking out on my arm. And I go like, oh, why are you fasting? Thinking that maybe this, this younger Christian went to the extreme, you know, only drinking water <laughs> for the last seven days. He say, oh no, I've, I've been fasting breakfast. I say, okay, do you eat other meals? Yeah. I, so after dinner, I don't eat and then until lunch. You go, oh wow, praise God. And then he say, and what other fasting? So oh, I'm fasting video games. I say, oh, great. So I'm like, video games shouldn't cause hives to break out. But you see, it's something spiritual. Because the first instinct of a fallen nature kicks in when we see something break out the moment we step out to God is that maybe I shouldn't do that. Come on. Have you been there before? You started fasting and suddenly you said, oh, I never usually have gastric. Now, uh, oh, maybe I shouldn't fast. Well, how come the first instinct that comes out is to stop this act of faith instead of going like, God, help me persevere. Because we are working against spiritual things in our lives that wants to pull us back into darkness. And so, being a Christian doesn't mean that you're immune from temptation. No, far from it. It's temptation. Right? Sometimes, the, 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 you know, even the, the I, I pray even you know, for, for people in church because I know how sometimes Instagram and social media, the algorithm sometimes is like almost demonic. And, and, and especially for people that are trying to turn away, trying to be, you know, sexually pure and integrously, you know, all the for you pages well, really become something for you. And they go like, how come, you know? Because there's something spiritual. But what do you do? Do you go like, ah, no, tug of war, tug of war. Or do you go, this is how you should go. This is how God wants you to go. I'm now a new creation. 
I've tasted the best. I have Jesus. I've been forgiven. I don't need these things anymore. Maybe at one time, these things used to satisfy me. Maybe at one time, when I'm super stressed out, I used to turn to some of these things to de-stress. But I, I, I don't. Because I found true rest. Forget de-stressing. I find rest in Jesus. And now that I have rest in Jesus, I don't want these things anymore. These things don't cut it anymore. So the next time you feel temptation, rare is ugly head. Tell your spirit, I don't need this anymore. I'm not this person anymore. That's how you overcome. Amen? Begin to declare to, I'm not that person anymore. When temptation comes, you know, to, to be bitter, to be envious, to be, to be petty. Go like, I'm not that person anymore. Embrace your new identity. Amen? Tell yourself that I'm a child of God. Tell yourself that you've eaten something better than the best sushi in the world. We had communion today. We've had Jesus. Friends, you have Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have Jesus. And tell your other neighbor, you have a new identity. Amen? John chapter 1, 12 says, But as many received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God. When you receive Jesus, your status gets upgraded. Amen? What used to satisfy, what used to tempt you, come on, that's how you overcome. Will you still be tempted, friends? The flesh will. But what do you do then? Do you try to fight? No, just say that, hey, I don't need to look at that anymore. I can look away. <laughs> I don't need to respond to that anymore because I found better. I found Jesus. Amen? And begin to meditate in that new identity. Tell yourself that I'm royalty. You know, I'm not going to do these things anymore. I don't need to do these things anymore. That's not who I am. Amen? Point number two is this. You have a new spirit. On the surface, when you read this portion of Ephesians, it can sound like a to-do list. And, you know, it's easy sometimes for people to start comparing and, and think that, oh, all religion is about do good, don't do bad. True to a certain extent. But you know what really sets Christianity apart? Is this portion, verse 30 of Ephesians 4. For us, it's not just about doing good, don't do bad. It's about the fact that God has forgiven us, cleansed us, restored us, and now given us this amazing privilege to host the Holy Spirit. We have a new spirit within us. In Ephesians 4, 30 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I'll come back to that last portion later. But do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Friends, I want to tell you that in you, you have the Holy Spirit. Maybe some of you, this teaching on the Holy Spirit is new to you, but I want you to know, you have the Holy Spirit within you. So if the, but what's the difference between being filled and being baptized? I'm glad you asked that because that's what I'll be talking about in my second service. We'll be talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But that will be later if you're interested. But all of us here, we are filled. We are now hosting the Holy Spirit within us. So God is trying to tell you, hey, you don't have the spirit of fear anymore. The spirit of fear wants to 
make you think that you're still in chains, but you're not anymore. You know, in, you know, uh, this can sound like a sensitive topic, but I'll just use it as an illustration. Um, when, after the American Civil War, um, when the slaves were set free and slavery was abolished, a lot of the newly freed slaves were struggling to live a free life. You know why? Because the masters that previously owned them were still around in the very same town that they were living in. And they were still treating them as if they were under their ownership. But the truth is, they were no longer under the ownership. And the early free slave Christian community had to learn and encourage each other to say that, hey, we're now free men and women. And yet the masters could still be walking around in town. But when we see them, we do not need to cower. We do not need to bow down. We can live, we can walk free past them. And many times as Christians, God has set us free, so free that the Holy Spirit, not an evil spirit, not a spirit of fear, not a lustful spirit, uh, not, not an angry spirit, not a demonic spirit. All those things no longer live in you. When you are saved, you, when you accept Jesus, you are saved and the Holy Spirit fills you. Now you have the Holy Spirit. And, but the thing is, those temptations and the echo and the haunting of your previous masters can still ring in your ear, but it doesn't change the fact that you are now free. And not only free, you have a new spirit within you. Not a spirit of bondage. Not a spirit of timidity. Hello? But spirit of the most holy God. And when you begin to realize that, you want to start living differently. You want to start eating differently. Let me put it again in terms that a lot of us here maybe will understand a little bit better. How many have known that, uh, known friends, maybe this applies close to Pastor Ken and myself, but okay, we'll put it in that context. I know for a fact that I have friends who, uh, uh, when they got pregnant, man, they stopped drinking. Just like that. There are some friends who, you know, and, and, and I know people who, when they get pregnant, they stop smoking just like that. Do you know what's the motivation? Are they Christians? No. Because they realize now that they're carrying a precious, precious, precious life. And because they are, they are carrying something of value, they can't just live the way they used to live anymore. Do you understand? And so the next time the world tries to drag you back in, you got to remind, no, I can't because I now carry the Holy Spirit. If a pregnant woman just can give up, and it's all common sense. If you have a friend who is pregnant and still smoking, you will do your best to help your friend quit, right? The same with us with the Holy Spirit. Amen? You know, because we carry that, you see that, that, you know, and we see this when we go on the tube, when they put a little badge there that says baby on board. And then you see that, the, 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 how, how does the person who's pregnant walk? Protective of the belly. Protective. And, and, and sometimes that's what we need to remember. This world, there are a lot of traps and temptations. But now that we have the Holy Spirit, 
we can't just walk like how we used to walk. We can't just hang out with who we used to hang out with. There needs to be a different life. The way we sit needs to be different. The way we stand needs to be different. What we eat and consume needs to be different. And when you begin to nurture that, I love the fact that they say that do not grieve the Holy Spirit means that the Holy Spirit is your friend. Do you know why? Because only friends that can be, can be grieved. You know, when, 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 you know, when, we grieve when the people that we love, the people that we invested our time and energy into disappoint us, don't we? And that's why the ones that grieve the most are sometimes our parents. But God is reminding us that the Holy Spirit within us, He's not just some egg that you carry. No, no, He's living and He's your friend. And He wants to interact with you because He grieves when you, when you don't live righteously. And then it says there that do not grieve the Holy Spirit whom you have been sealed for the day of redemption. Right? Um, and the word seal, the Greek word for the word seal is, can also be used um, to describe a legal document that is usually given as a form of down payment. And this is powerful because what the Bible is trying to tell us is this, that the Holy Spirit that now dwells in us is, is just a down payment. You know, what, what are down payments nowadays? 10%? I don't know, you know. It's just, it's just, a, it's, it's just a hint. It's, it's just a, a teaser. It's just a trailer. <laughs> it's just a little hint of the greater. And it's saying that one day we will be with God face to face. The Holy Spirit will be in us and with us and around us. And we can hear Him and see Him and rejoice and celebrate with Him and dance with Him. And, but until then, He starts as a portion. He starts as a down payment. But you know what's beautiful about down payments is this. If you invest in your down payment, it grows. So you begin to invest into the Holy Spirit. His presence. The Holy Spirit might fill you and start off as a passenger, a righteous passenger in your life. But that passenger can become a presence. And then when you realize that, hey, I, I'm carrying something different. We want to live different. God's Holy Spirit lives in you. So live differently. Amen? And we begin to go like, you know what? I, I want to I wanna be different. I want to live different. And as that presence grows, I was just talking to our church members in Bristol, Andrew and Denise, because, you know, they have baby. And I, I asked Andrew, I said that, hey, how did it feel like the first time you felt Christine kick? And he says that it's life-changing. How many know that the Holy Spirit kicks as well? It's called prompting. And the more you allow the Holy Spirit to prompt, 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 you realize there's something alive in you. And your life is forever changed. How do you say no to temptation? Do you go like, oh, so tempting. You go, no, no, no. I'm carrying precious cargo. Let me use a term and I'll move on to my last point that all of us here, whether you're male or female, will understand there are at least three precious things that we need in our modern day life. Our keys, our phones, and our wallets or purse. Those are precious things. Do you leave home without it? So why do we neglect the prompting of the Holy Spirit? Do you drop your keys anywhere? Do you give your keys to any stranger you meet on the tube, on the street? 
and go like, hey, my pockets are pretty full. I'm wearing skinny jeans. Uh, you know, the keys are poking at my thighs. Uh, can, and you, you look like you got baggy shorts. Uh, can you hold my keys? We don't. So, so why do we mingle with, with the wrong company knowing that we carry the Holy Spirit? Do we leave our phones anywhere? You, you get the picture. You too carry something precious within you. So carry it with purpose. Carry it, you know, protectively. Amen? Carry it with a sacred trust. Point number three is this. You have a new mission. You have a new mission. God, how do we live differently? By following Christ, you receive a new identity. And, when that, and upon receiving that new identity, the Lord empties you of your pain, empties you of your sin, empties you of your old self and puts in a new spirit. No longer a spirit of fear or timidity, but now God's Holy Spirit of power, peace, and a sound mind. And in that combination, God tells you that you have a new mission. You notice here that Ephesians 4, it's about treating each other. It's, Christianity is so different from every other religion because every other thing is teaching us on how to go from living on earth to getting into heaven. But Christianity is about getting heaven to earth. On earth, as it is in heaven. I don't have time for this, but if you go to Revelations, a lot of people ask, you know, and my wife is one of them because we have a pet dog. So she asked me, she said, do you, do you know, can I, can I make a deal with you? The Bible says that, you know, uh, uh, when we die and we, we are, you know, uh, enter into eternity, we will no longer be married and, you know, we will no longer be that kind of, the, the rules of the world will no longer define us. We are new creations, completely new. I go like, yeah, 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 yeah. And because of that, can I have the dog? <laughs> she says, can I, you know, wherever God puts me, you know, can I have the dog? I want the dog. I'll be like, wow, you don't, you don't want me? You don't want me? You just want the dog? Fine, fine, fine. And but I like to, and you know, and people ask, oh, do, do you think, do you think there'll be, do you think there's, you know, some people, common questions I get asked, do you think there's food in heaven? Uh, do you think there, you know, there'll be animals in heaven? You know, these kind of questions. But actually, if you read Revelations, it says that. Towards the very end. Yeah, don't get me wrong. When we receive Christ, we become citizens of heaven. But God's final plan is for there to be a new earth and a new heaven. And for these two realms to be perfectly united. And you can see that. That's why God never abandoned. No matter how humanity was broken, God never abandoned humanity to create a new planet. God entered into our brokenness to fix it. And, and, and then... Even in the Old Testament, when everything was so broken, before Jesus came, God chose an a, 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 a old couple who couldn't have children to make them into a nation. And in that nation, they were known as the people of God. That they were the, the, the people that God lived with. 
And back then, before there were skyscrapers, the, the, the Temple of Solomon was the, was the skyscraper of those days. It was the tallest building in the, in, in the nation of Israel. When, when people walked near the nation, they saw first the Temple, trying to tell, telegraph to the rest of the world, this is God's plan. He wants to be with people. He wants to be with His creation. And that's why Jesus came. And that's why even after Jesus departed, He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I instead will give you another helper, the Holy Spirit. And so do you see, God's been trying to tell us that if you think, you see, the devil wants you to think that, oh, eternity is just, you know, heaven, people floating around, playing harp, worshipping forever, sounds boring. No, 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 no. It's, it's not like that. It's not like that. There will be a new heaven, new earth combined. And so when people ask me, will there be eating? I say, of course, because there's a new earth. Will there be animals? Of course, there'll be a new earth. You know, whether you'll be that animal that, that you had as a pet, as a kid, I'm not sure. You could be a new one. So every time I tell cat, I say that, I don't know, you got to ask God to, if you want, God can recreate you, the very same pet you had. But why settle for that? Why have a very, you know, you can have any, okay, let's not go, you know, after church conversation, you know, you'll be naming the different Pokemons that you want God to create for you. But it's about heaven on earth. And that's the mission. And so how does that help us to live differently? It helps us to live differently because we're not living in some sort of, you know, this is not some club that protects you from the world. No, this is not some posh country club. Christianity is not some, you know, club. No, no, no. We're meant to be a rescue mission. This is a rescue operation. And God wants us now. How do we live differently? When you realize that God has saved you to help put this world back together, you're not going to want to contribute more to the brokenness. Do you understand? Because now you have a new identity. You have a new spirit. And the new mission is to get heaven to earth. And so you go like, God is so broken in this world today. There's so much addiction. The world doesn't need one more addict. There are Christians that are addicted. Pornography, lust, sexual immorality. We're bound. And God is saying that the world doesn't need another prisoner. The world needs a freed person. The world needs another freed slave that will teach other freed slaves how to live free another freed slave that's no longer a slave to sin, but now a slave to God to set the captives free. Do you understand? And, and that, that motivates us. Real talk. And now I'll close. You know, I, I pray for the church often. And one of the things I've been praying, and one of the things I've been praying this year is that God set your people free. God gave me an image of of Moses talking to the Pharaoh, let my people go. And I feel like God is saying that I want that to be more Moses. And it will speak to whatever. You see, Moses was, was, was unique. He was previously part of the Egyptian system. But then he was delivered. He ran away from it. And then God used him to go back to that system and set others free. And what I love about Moses was not because he, he was perfect, no, far from it. 
Because even the way that he was set free from Egypt was imperfect. He did a crime and he was pursued. He ran out as a fugitive. Lived in the wilderness, but God chose someone to say that, hey, I know you have your past. And I want you to now face that past and ask that past to let my people go. And God began to prophetically speak to me and say that, I want you to pray freedom in church, freedom, so that God will set more people free from slavery to sin, free from slavery to this world, free to live for Christ. Free not because we are perfect, but just like Moses, we were once part of a system, but now we turn around and say that I no longer am part of the system. I now represent the great I am. So let my people go. And so I've been praying this year, God set my people free, free from pornography, free from sexual immorality. And these are real. I'm just using this not to shame anyone. I'm just using this because these are real struggles. We live in a world today where your prominent Christian leaders still fall because of this same struggle. So don't say it doesn't affect us. Don't say greed doesn't affect you. There are three things that affect all of broken mankind. Sex, greed, power. If you're not a slave to one, you're a slave to other. But I pray that we've been set free. But these old masters will try to drag us back. Try to tell us that we, we still belong to them, but we don't. Because we belong to Jesus now. And so now our mission, you see, they will tempt you, just like how the children of Israel were tempted to go back to Egypt. Go back to Egypt! There's only sand here. Back there we have melons and garlic and fish and meat. But how many know that it always looks a little bit, every renovation looks a little bit ugly before it looks beautiful. There's always the wilderness before the promised land, flowing with milk and honey. And God is saying that I'm leading you into the promised land. But what, you, what God doesn't need is one more person trying to run back to old Egypt. And that gives us a new mission. So I pray now, God set my people free, 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 free. And, and I'll be joking, I'll be lying. If that kind of prayer life doesn't come with its fair share of temptations and struggles. And, and, and so I'm just flesh and blood. I love Jesus, but I'm still flesh and blood. I still get tempted, but you know how I turn away from temptation now? I remind myself that, hey, I've been set free. The world doesn't need one more broken pastor. The world needs more men and women of faith with integrity. The world doesn't need one more secret sinner. The world needs more people who know how to relate to sinners and say that I was once in bondage too, but I'm living proof that, that chains can be broken. I'm living proof. Amen? And I believe that as more and more and more of us begin to live a new mission, it will cause a spiritual ripple in the marketplace. Does this mean that, you know, oh, pastor, does it mean that I can't be a lawyer, I can't be a doctor anymore? No, 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 no. In fact, it means that you'll be a different kind of doctor, a different kind of lawyer. You know, I can't speak for every profession, but I know I studied law. My wife still practices as a lawyer, and I can know <laughs> without getting any angry letters, I can say for a fact that the legal industry is dark. It's dark. Not just, I'm not saying that there's corruption, maybe certain segments there are, but there's other struggles, high cases of divorce, 
high cases of infidelity, sexual harassment. The legal industry is messed up. And some of you might be saying that, not just the legal industry, Pastor. And so what, what does the world need? The world needs someone that goes like, you know what? I have new identity in Jesus. I have the Holy Spirit living in me. Should I be a lawyer? Yeah. You know why? Because the legal industry needs light. See, the old you will go like, I want to be a lawyer or I want to be a doctor because there's money to be made. I want to be a doctor because I'll be respectable. You put a DR in front of my name, the chances of me being upgraded to business class, much higher. And we, 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 that's how we live. The old mission, make lots of money for yourself, make a name for yourself, have all the fun along the way. But then the new mission is this, that, hey, in this beautiful yet also fractured and broken world that God has, you know, well, God created it beautiful, we fractured it, we broke it. What does this world need? It needs more, more doctors because there's still a lot of sickness and disease. But I'm going to be a different type of doctor. I'm not going to be a doctor that, 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 that runs after money. I'm not going to be a pharmacist that runs after money. I'm not going to be a lawyer that runs after money. I'm not going to be an engineer. I'm not going to be a financial consultant. I'm trying to name the different jobs in church. A banker. So you're so smart. I don't even know. You, you explained to me five times. I still don't understand and I'm nervous to ask you to say it again. Consultants, bankers, management trainees, future businessmen, women, entrepreneurs, PhDs. And maybe at one time we did it because we thought that a PhD would, would give us give us more self-esteem, give us more self-worth. But now you realize that that's not what I want to run after anymore. But that doesn't mean you quit your job. No, does the world still need scientists? Yes, because there's a cure of cancer still to be found. So I'm going to shine my light. I'm going to be there. And I'm going to be salt and light. That's my new mission. And let me end with this. Why am I challenging us to live differently? The theme for this year of our church is God is able. Daniel chapter 3. Our God is able to deliver us. Throughout the book of Daniel, you read the, the children of Israel, specifically the, the four boys of <laughs> Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, constantly getting into trouble, persecuted for their faith. But we will realize that they were never persecuted for the things they said. They were always different, set apart. They always stood out because they lived differently. Not bowing down is living differently. Daniel was sent to the lion's den because there was this rule that says you can't pray to any other God. And Daniel prayed three times. It was his praying, his lifestyle, prayer, is living differently. Not bowing down is living differently. Not eating the king's delicacies is living differently. In this world where talk is becoming increasingly cheap, it is our living, not our speaking, that draws attention. So live differently. Live with a new mission. Wherever mission field God has placed you, live differently. And then the conversations will start. And then you can tell them of the new identity and you can tell them of the new spirit. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you 
for your word is living and I pray right now that you will help us again. I pray for my precious brothers and sisters here. Right now, Lord, if there's anyone here, Lord, struggling, and we all struggle in our own way. We struggle with fear. We struggle with anxiety. We struggle with worry. We struggle with lustful thoughts. We struggle with pornography. We struggle with addiction. We struggle with self-worth. We struggle with righteous living. We all struggle. But Lord, I pray right now that you help us to realize that we've been struggling wrong. Lord, following you, living for you, is not a tug of war between us and the forces of this world and the flesh. But it is a declaration. It is a receiving of the new identity. Lord, I pray right now that you remind every precious brother and sister here that they have been forgiven, washed clean, loved. Love not because of what we can possibly do, but love because of what you have done and set free. I declare freedom over your lives, friends. Freedom to everyone listening. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Friends, you've been set free. The old masters rattle their chain and want to drag you back to darkness, but friends, you have been set free. Embrace that freedom. Speak to your temptations. I don't need you anymore. I don't live there anymore. You do not satisfy anymore because I found my true worth and His name is Jesus. And not just that, I pray that you will now walk with purpose because you know that you carry the Holy Spirit within you who nudges you, who wants to be your friend who wants to walk with you and guide you, help you overcome, anoint you with power to set others free. And God, I declare a new mission. Lord, it's so easy for us to look at our job as a paycheck, but Lord, I pray that today we will see it with purpose. With that, I just want to do a quick altar call. I wonder if there's anyone here today whether you're still studying or working already but you know that either you now have a job or God's transitioning you to a new job or one day you will be blessed by a good job hallelujah that you would desire to to use your job use your profession use your skills not just as a means for paycheck and personal power but you'll use it as a vessel for God's new mission. I wonder if there's anyone here today that wants to say that I don't want to live for a paycheck anymore. I want to live on purpose and I want to surrender my profession. I want to surrender my job. I want to surrender my nine to five. Not to go full time, but still do my job and do it accidentally because now you realize that, hey, I'm a, I'm a Christian. And a Christian needs to be excellent even at work. But not excellent by stepping down at other people, but excellent team player, but still shining for Jesus. How many of you would start saying today that you want to use where God has placed you in the Mondays to Fridays and surrender that 
like an altar to the Lord, as a sacrifice to the Lord, and say, God, I don't just want a paycheck, I want purpose. And God, I don't just want to be engrossed with my deadlines, I want to be interrupted by the nudging of the Holy Spirit to be a force of good and kindness and compassion, to be a light in a dark place, to be a listening ear to a friend in need, to be an encourager, a team player, to still be excellent, to still be effective, to be a good boss, to be a good employee. But most importantly, I realize now, even that this job doesn't define me, but God defines me. And He's defined me by putting me into this position of influence. So I will use it for His glory. I wonder if there's anyone here today if, that will want to surrender your marketplace calling to Lord and say, God, use me. Use my Monday and Fridays. Use me. Help me to see the new mission. If that's you, I want you to quickly stand and lift up your hands and sign of surrender. I want to pray with you. And then we'll move on. Hallelujah. If that's you, why don't you stand and say that, God, I surrender the job that I have, the job that I will have. God, I want to use it for your glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God, you see every person that's standing and lifting up their hands to you. And God, I thank you, Lord, that you've blessed them. I thank you, Lord, that, that you have opened an effective door and will open an effective door for them to bless them and to prosper them. But I pray that right now, even as they're working or looking for work, Lord, they will not just see it as, a, as, as their identity. They will not see it as the definition of their self-worth. I sense that God is setting some people free. You used to be so bothered. You used to think that you're, you know, you want to hop from job to job thinking that this next job will make you feel better about yourself will make you feel like you're more accomplished but God is saying that you're already accomplished you're a child of the most high God and if placed you in that particular occupation in that particular office for such a time as this so don't despair don't despise learn to embrace so God you see these hands you see these lives I pray that you will use them for your glory use them Lord in the Monday to Fridays, Lord. Help them, Lord, to be salt and light. Salt and light. Lord, for your glory, salt and light. Make them excellent in their work. Anoint them, Lord, to be so good at what they do. And when people flock near them because of the excellence, they will not second guess. They will not miss a chance to share about the source of their excellence. And that's the Holy Spirit who gives them wisdom to do what they do and God who blessed them with that purpose. Make them marketplace evangelists. Make them people who will live differently for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.